This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well, but if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, well, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. That's, That's okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Legend of Retro Podcast. This is Xander. And Craig WK. And we're going to do some stalking. I understand. Yeah, uh, we're going to be outside the bushes of Chop's place. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to be real quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to keep it down. I have some binoculars here for you, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, he's got a new place. We're going to just stake it out. and uh, it has got a nice deck out front. Oh, yeah, it is nice. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like a, almost like a wheelchair ramp if you really want it to be. Oh, if you try it. Is that, is that him coming outside? No. Just quiet. Chop Wells. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Do you see his face? <laughs> uh, uh, just kidding. We were in the studio. Yeah, we sure are. Suckers. Talking about Landstalker. Landstalker. That's the stalking we're doing. Yep. Landstalker, the treasures of King Noel for the Sega Genesis. was released on March 21st, 1993. Uh, it's an isometric action-adventure game with a little bit of uh, light RPG elements. Uh, it stars a treasure hunter named Nigel on a quest to find the loot hidden away by an ancient and greedy king. Nigel is joined by a wood nymph, a fairy-like creature named Friday, and they deal with thieves and monsters and delve through dungeons. Nailed it. Retro relapse. <laughs> yeah, well, moving on. Uh, I remember playing this game like it was earlier today. Maybe because it was the first time I'd ever played this game was earlier today. <laughs> I was kind of... I never even heard of this game. Really? Yeah. Never even heard of it. I, I I realized that it's a little bit more obscure. It's probably a little bit more on the rare side for people. Uh, it's it's sort of like... I feel like it was kind of the Sega Genesis answer to Legend of Zelda. You know, it's you run around <laughs> with a sword. <laughs> I never said it was as good. <laughs> it was it's not a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoy Landstalker. I have it's a lot of bad. nostalgia for it. I played it a lot when I was a kid. I rented it a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think once you kind of get into the play style, that weird three-fourths perspective, yeah. it's kind of cool. I like it. 
It wasn't like I, I played it for a solid 45 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a minute to uh, kind of realize that I was watching a cutscene at the beginning. <laughs> uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, there's a surprising amount of cutscenes in the game. There's not a ton of plot per se. It's not the you know it's not winning a Pulitzer Prize or right. anything. But uh, but no, all in all, the the story's kind of cool. You know, it's nothing too crazy. But it's uh, you know it's there's just enough there. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, you like there's this uh, nymph Friday knows uh, knows where this. Uh, treasure is mm-hmm. or no she doesn't she knows it's in the area <laughs> general vicinity uh and so was well, like you just give me to the general area uh nigel says the mm-hmm. the main character and i'll find the treasure and then like you go in a cave and then like you fall down a raft and it takes you to some place uh mm-hmm. yeah and you just yeah it's just it's Pretty, pretty goes from there. Yeah, pretty basic adventure story. You know, yeah. you get wrapped up in different people's troubles. You got to save people. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really talk to a whole lot of people. I was just trying to find where I was going next because it, it was like it was almost weird how there was no like interaction with the characters. Like normally they're like, oh, you have to go check out this place. They're just like, oh, you're the stranger that just crashed into our place. All right, <laughs> okay. life, life, life as usual. <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> And someone says, oh, they, they attack the bridge and you kind of go, go to the bridge, but there's nothing to be done at the bridge. So you just explore. And then I found the dungeon, which I, I guess is not the way you're supposed to do it. I think there's some townspeople you can talk to that'll tell you, Probably. you know, something's there. I, I don't remember exactly. Honestly, it's been a long time since I played through the game in full uh, when it. Uh, I rented it a lot when I was younger, which is where I first played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it came out on the Wii's virtual console, and so oh, okay. I downloaded it there, and I ended up beating it, going all the way through. I mm-hmm. uh, what else can you tell us about this game? Because I'm going to be <laughs> absolutely useless. <laughs> so it's actually I'm going to jazzy it right up. <laughs> Sorry, jazzy, just <laughs> low hanging fruit. I already picked on chops once this episode. <laughs> so. Uh, there's actually a little bit of a history here for uh, Landstalker. Uh, it was created by Climax Entertainment, who originally worked with Sonic Software Planning Company uh, on Shining Force and Shining in the Darkness, which are two uh, RPGs for the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Now, Shining Force is like a, a tactical RPG. Uh, I believe I could, I might be a little mistaken, but I think Shining in the Darkness is like a, a little bit more of like a dungeon crawler game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the two companies were working on a game called Shining Rogue, which was going to use one of the main characters from Shining Force in this game with this same style. But the two companies had a split, and the Shining Rogue game they were working on became Landstalker, uh, which was taken over by Climax Entertainment. Sonic Software Planning turned into a company eventually called Camelot, which you might be familiar with. Uh, they kept making games, uh, and then they kept making games for the Sega Saturn. And then they realized the Sega Saturn wasn't going to do well, so they jumped ship at that point. They dropped their contracts with Sega, uh, or let them expire, as whatever the case may be, and then jumped to Nintendo, where they went on to make the Golden Sun games. Oh, yeah. And then they also made a bunch of the Mario sports games. Hmm. Climax, unfortunately, has since dissolved into nothing. They they made a few other games, and they didn't really go too far after that. Uh, 
But uh, uh, kind of a weird little uh, side note here. Uh, when the company split, uh, Camelot lost the artist named Yoshitaka Tamaki, who had made the art for Shining Force One and Shining in the Darkness. And it really kind of set the standard for the art in that series. Like the, the art for those games just looks awesome. Like mm-hmm. the, the character designs, everything had a really distinct style. And then they unfortunately lost him. Moving forward in the Shining Force series, they didn't have that artist anymore, so they kind of lost their their sort of you know visual style. Right. Uh, but I, uh, uh, the guy that same guy Tamaki worked on the art for uh, Landstalker, and then he also did the art for Alundra. If you remember that game, nope. Uh, PlayStation game, which is very similar to Landstalker in Legend of Zelda. It's another top down kind of you know action adventure game. I. Uh, you know, it's funny though because if you take a look online for the box art for Landstalker, I'll do that now. Yeah, the the Japanese version art done by this guy uh, Yoshitaka Tamaki looks great. Like it, it looks really good. The American box art is kind of crummy. They they really tried to like press the the fact that the uh, the main character is really masculine. So even though he's an elf boy, he looks really manly, and it comes off as really kind of awkward. I'm assuming this is the American yeah, one. that's the American one there. Oh, uh, yeah. Looks uh, very muscly in very tight clothing. Yeah, it, it, it's really kind of weird. This will probably be the image I use for the uh, the episode cover. Please don't. Please <laughs> use the Japanese one. Is this the Japanese yeah, one Yeah, that's here? the Japanese one there. He, Sorry, you guys can't all see this, but just Google search. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the... the, the this, bo- one actually kinda, this one actually looks awesome. Right? That artist is great. He's so good. Uh, I I really feel like a lot of RPG series have really, you know, sort of a set artist. Mm-hmm. You know, like Final Fantasy has had... Yoshitaka Amano. Yoshitaka Amano. Dragon Quest has always had uh, Akira Toriyama. Exactly. So I think the Shining Force series had really struck gold with uh, this, this uh, guy named... Uh, Yoshitaka Tamaki. Tamaki. Yep. Tamaki. Tamaki. Yoshitaka Tamaki. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's really kind of sad they lost him. Uh, I mean, he's gone on to do other, you know, games. Yeah, that, the very good box art is real crummy. Yeah, it, the American, makes, it looks like it makes me wonder why I rented it so much as a kid. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's <laughs> definitely a question you need to go back and ask yourself. <laughs> this, it, you know, what it reminds me of is that? is like a knockoff um, Pirates of Dark Water. Yeah, kind of, kind of cr- like a, a really weird. Like, why is his hair that way? Like. <laughs> It doesn't look. Why know, is he so weird. muscly for being an yeah, elf boy? Like, w- like wearing tight, re- very tight clothing, and just really weird looking. Man. Yeah, like, this looks so much better. Yeah, the the Japanese box art, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll definitely use the Japanese box art. <laughs> uh, if you uh, if you're bored and you decide to Google this artist, I. Uh, you know, enjoy because uh, his art is great. You know, the the Shining Force one art is really good. Uh, the, his art for Alundra, he he has done uh, other you know uh, portraits and stuff like that. I don't know how much he's been you know in the public eye as of late, uh, but yeah, his stuff is great. Like it looks really good. Uh, so you know, definitely if if for our our listeners out there who are more interested in the arty side of things, uh, definitely give him a look. I, I I really appreciate his work. He sadly has not done any like manga or anything. I tried to find if mm-hmm. he did something like that. I was really hoping. I I really like his art, but I uh, you know I uh, I definitely definitely give yeah, him a not search. a like, not a whole lot on him. Yeah, not really, which is sad. I uh, now. 
speaking of appearance here, uh, the graphics for the game I feel like are pretty nice. I feel like the game looks yeah, pretty good. Bad. Yeah, it looks solid. A little goofy when you first look at it, but it grows on you. It definitely does. I I, I think the isometric three fourths view kind of throws people off too. You know? Yeah, I know that was a, one thing that kind of I kind of struggled with as I was getting going. Like, it's it's kind of hard to aim yourself in very narrow doorways. Yeah. And I was like, well, I should just I just need to go to the right a little bit. And I would hit right and I would go up. And I'm like. <laughs> Okay, well, let me hit up real quick, and maybe I'll get. And I was like, still going up, and it was just you have to literally hit the diagonals. Uh huh. Yeah, it's all about the diagonals. Uh, it, it, the the three fourths view is really what defines the game. It's what everyone knows it as. I mm-hmm. uh, you know the the I, I think the sprites are really large. You know, it looks yeah. pretty good. The monsters are you know pretty cool looking. Uh, the games, I mean, the platforming in an isometric like the three D oh, thing. Oh. Just watching the like because the intro again, there's an intro cut scene that kind of goes through and I was watching it happen. I was like, oh, God, this looks like a nightmare. This looks like it's going to be really difficult. That's the one thing that didn't age well with this game is the pla- the jumping. Yeah. Like, like, and really, it's only when the jumping is going to set you back. So if you're jumping over a pit and the pit leads down to like deeper in the dungeon where you've already been, mm-hmm. it's a giant pain because odds are you might miss the jump and then you gotta redo a bunch of stuff so it can be really frustrating with save states it's not so bad you can you know whenever you think like oh it's a tough jump yeah you can do that but really the big problem is there's no shadow for where you where you're going to land so you know jumping over a pit isn't a huge deal that's pretty simple but when it's tiny little platforms and they're all over and you don't moving yeah and they're moving and you don't know where they're at in space because there's no shadow to show you on the ground it's incredibly frustrating that's the one thing that did not hold up over the years for land stalker most everything else i feel like you know is is held up pretty well Mm -hmm. now the music, uh, Xander. How how you you only played a little bit. I played for about forty five minutes. It sounded like Genesis to me. Um, mm. It didn't sound great. It didn't sound like nothing. Nothing really stuck out to me. But again, I only played. I heard like maybe four songs out of the soundtrack. I gotcha. But it had that very kind of uh, warbly bass kind of sound. Like there's a little bit of that. Yeah, it's I, that Genesis is like notorious for. And we've done. You know, if you've if you've been listening uh, since I since I jumped in last year, uh, there have been episodes where Chops and LPJ and I have done like acapella Genesis music, and it sounds so <laughs> it's it's frightening how accurate it is. Does it sound like robots farting? A little bit, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Hear that uh, and that's that's the the immediate jump that that comes to me. And again, like we we talked not too long ago with with Sonic the Hedgehog, like really setting the bar high for me oh, for yeah. music. Uh, it's you can definitely tell that this was that did not get the same amount of care. But it's not saying it's bad. Like there's there's some you know melodies that kind of get stuck with you, mm-hmm. but nothing really jumped out to me. Like oh, this is a really standout track. Again, only playing for forty five minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I definitely like us to listen to a few songs here uh, just to uh, kind of give everyone kind of an idea of what it's like. Uh, the music was done by uh, Motoaki Takanochi. Uh, he also worked on Shining Force 2. He did an assortment of other Shining Force games. Uh, and kind of a weird little side note, he even did the score for the anime Dino Daiboken, which is a Dragon Quest anime. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I feel like even though it's it's not like the best on the Genesis, I certainly don't feel like it's the, the, the weakest by any means. Mm-mm. I feel like it all sounds like, you know, are like a, a a fantasy epic, you know, just condensed onto the you know second Genesis. Yeah. Uh, here's a song for everybody. Uh, first off, what do we have here, uh, Xander? Uh, Treasure Hunter Nigel. Yeah, go ahead and uh, give it a listen. All right, Treasure Hunter Nigel from Landstalker. Mm-hmm. 
so the song if the song's not familiar to you xander for you know having just played it it might be familiar only for the fact that it pops up fairly frequently i think on our uh, dungeons and dragons playlist no, it's not ringing a bell. No, doesn't yeah. ring a bell. Well, maybe when the next time you hear maybe. it, uh, uh, you'll, uh, you'll 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 catch it. Now next that it's time. been pointed out to me, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't recall hearing this in the game, which is weird because it seems like it's the theme song to the main character. Yeah, it is. I don't remember when it's played in the game. I think it's typically played at like plot moments. Yeah. So it might be like some moments later in the game, like when you know the things are being heroic. You know, Nigel's being heroic and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now this is significantly better than what I heard. Oh, good! I'm glad you enjoyed. It. I yeah. this is one of my favorites of the the game. I feel like it's got a fair amount of depth. It definitely still sounds like it's on the Genesis. Yeah, no question of that. But it's got a a, a lot to it. I think. Hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. Now the other song I was hoping we could uh, go ahead and give a listen to is a song called Adventure Spirit, which is the uh, like boss theme. It's uh, a little bit more repetitive than this, uh, but it's pretty exciting. All right. Let me fade this one out real quick. We'll stop this one and we'll go to the next one. And here we go. Let's get all these things going here. And it's uh, Adventure Spirit. Adventure Spirit from Landstalker. By who again? Uh, Motowaki. uh, Let me go ahead and double check that. Motowaki Takanochi. Perfect. Here we go. Assuming it kind of is more of this. Yep. yep, it continues. It's definitely got a little more of, a, of an exciting sound to it. Yeah, I, I think the soundtrack as a whole is... I, I definitely think there are some weak weak links in the soundtrack. There's some more bland, mundane songs. You know, some of the dungeon music is... I, I think it, the, it sets the tone, but it's certainly not very, you know, exciting or anything like that. But uh, but the boss theme, uh, you know, the, the more kind of general adventuring type themes... Uh, I think really kind of hold up. Yeah. Did they make any other Landstalker games or was this the... They uh, technically did. Uh, There is a sequel that is Japan only called Lady Stalker. Late? Oh, God. Now, it's starring (laughs) a woman named Lady. Oh, okay. Excuse me. It's it's not like uh, you know you and I in Chops's uh, bushes in front of his house. <laughs> it actually stars a, uh, a a female protagonist named Lady who's a treasure hunter. Oh, okay. I uh, I don't know a lot about it. I'm uh, assuming it sold really well at first and then kind of dropped off and got a cult following. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Lady stalker. <laughs> my kind of game. What? I got an adventure. These are treasures. <laughs> I'm playing a girl. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I've never had a chance to play it. They added different elements to the game that require a little bit more knowledge of language, you know, mm-hmm. to be kind of a little more important to it. Right. So I, I didn't try to play it or anything. I, I think if it was more like Landstalker, you know, you can get away with probably not knowing the language. I bet. Yep. You know, but in that game, there's different systems to it and stuff. So it's you know, a little out of my reach, I think. Right. Uh, the little bit that I played, obviously, uh, you of your jump, you have your your sword attack. Do you get any other like attacks or like spells or anything? Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's 
it, the game's written off as kind of a Zelda clone a lot, and yeah. there's definitely some you know analogies. There's uh, uh, items called life stock, yeah. which is sort of like heart containers. But the interesting thing is that the RPG elements come from that because the more life you get, the more your the damage you do. And eventually you start getting like magic swords and stuff where like there's a bar that fills up. Mm-hmm. And once it's filled up, you, when you swing, it'll like I, I think in some cases it might shoot a projectile. But a lot of the times it's like a fire sword. So your sword will be on fire and do like yeah. way more damage for that first strike and then go back down again, almost a la Secret of Mana. Yeah. Uh, so you you don't get a ton of options like there's not really magic spells. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a fair amount of different, you know, uh what you'll call it like equipment and stuff like you'll get like armor and you know things like that you know which mm-hmm. have the rpg elements as well of course uh but by and by no it's mostly just sort of a sword and you know sword and jumping around basically yeah uh, i know the first dungeon there were two different types of enemies there were bubbles uh-huh. slimes i'm yeah. guessing but they uh-huh. look like bubbles yep and then like weird monster looking things and the goblin looking guys yeah. And the thing that stuck out to me is that they had the same sound for when they got attacked and when they died, which was, uh, uh. all the monsters in the game have like the same sound, no matter what. So skeletons sound like that. Jeez. It's kind of fun. Like by the end, it's kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, but it's really weird when you first strike those slimes, they're like, uh, and it's like, what? Why do you sound like a middle-aged guy getting like slapped in the back of the head? I, yeah. uh, it's weird. And then they also call your, your money golds. Yeah, you, you you're rolling in golds by the end of the game. The first the third the opening cutscene is you getting a treasure and taking it to some old man. He goes, "Here you go. Here's two thousand golds. I'm jealous. You don't have to work a day in life or another day of your life with that kind of money. Like, dude, you just had two thousand golds. You gave it to me. Like, why are you jealous of me now? He <laughs> really didn't want to give. Maybe you that, that guy money. just has poor financial decisions. Like <laughs> that could be. I need this treasure. I'm going to give all my two thousand golds for it. <laughs> all the golds. It almost reminds me of like a grizzled prospector, right? I gotta find all them golds. Gotta go find the golds. <laughs> so, and maybe that's a poor translation thing. I'm not really maybe. sure. It made me laugh. <laughs> I'm glad. I uh, so. I, I do feel like the game has a fair amount of uh, uh, it's I mean, it's not revolutionary, but a decent amount of humor to it. I feel like the relationship between, you know, uh, Nigel, your, you know, elf guy and Friday, the little fairy wood nymph is kind of funny. She'll get like jealous if like females will approach Nigel and like, you know, you know, pretty much uh, uh, harp on him about a lot of stuff. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a goofier game, you know. It's it's not doesn't take itself very seriously by any means, I. Uh, but I, uh, uh, there is uh, uh, something I that's kind of weird that I wanted to chat about uh, the censorship for this game. Yeah. So it was handled really weirdly. Oh man, sorry to I just noticed this. His uh, name in in Japan, France, and uh, is Ryle. Ryle, yeah, yeah. Like General Ryle from Bionic Commando. Just like him. Just like him. I wonder. Are they the same? They might be. <laughs> so uh, so the censorship is really weird in this game. There's a scene uh, in particular that has like allows Nigel to go into the bathroom, and a rival treasure hunter is in there named Kayla, and she's in the bath, and they can have like a conversation. Uh-huh. Rather than remove the scene... What the sensors did is they just placed an NPC in front of the door to the room, which won't let you in it. Oh. 
So all the scenes like are all translated and stuff. Like there's a lot of localization changes that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, a brothel was changed to a ballet studio. There's a porno book that's referred to as like a magic book. It's really, really kind of weird. Uh, are there uh, panties that are sandwiches? <laughs> you mean like a dragon power? Yeah. Uh, I that could be. I don't remember. That, that might be a possible. I wouldn't put it past them. But I just thought it was really weird that they translated the scene with the girl in the bath. They they had it ready, and then they like at the end they were like, "Well, I don't understand. Why wouldn't they let us do this?" Huh? Well, I guess we'll just have to put an NPC and block the door. Hmm. So so with you know hacks and stuff, people have easily found it because you know. People are like, oh, I wonder what's behind that door, you know, and then they go and they see this weird scene, you know, yeah. hackers and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was was kind of weird. All right. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I, I'm sorry that I don't have a whole lot to add on this again. It's no a whopping 45 minutes I put into it. <laughs> now, here's a question for you. Uh, if you had to rate the game, like having just played it for a little bit. On a scale of like one to ten, ten being the best, one being the worst. How like for the little if, bit of time you put in? If if I had more time before we were, uh, between starting to play and recording it, if you were like, dude, you have to play through a lot more of this game, I wouldn't be upset about it. Okay, so you were definitely intrigued by yeah. it. it, it even if it's certainly not like you know it didn't blow you away. It was still something that it's like, hey, this is worth looking into. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I, yeah, so I mean, it's it's definitely worth worth checking out. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, it did take it a little bit, and and I I couldn't help but feel. Like while I was getting into it, and again, not talking to all the all the NPCs, like I probably should have, uh-huh. feeling like there has to be something more to this game. Like there must be some kind of like, and I was like looking forward to recording to find out like this was this dude's game, and he went on to make your favorite thing in the world. Like, uh, you know, or you know, in this case, it, it just didn't. It's just a solid game that I never played. Yeah, it's just sort of a weird under the radar game. I I think for most people that are listening to this. I would imagine a majority have not played this game and may have never heard of it before. Yeah, so if you do, if you do give it a shot, definitely give it a give it a solid go. Um, and just know, I don't know, I don't even know what I would say. Just like it, you, just, it, you have to give it a minute to grow on you. Once yeah. you once you get the kind of c- the controls down, and get an idea of, of what you're going for. Um, and again, I got to the point where like these gummy bears, like, yeah, they kind of look like the gummy bears from Disney. Uh, Disney <laughs> afternoon. Uh, they were about like they were super pissed that this other gummy bear tribe had broke their bridge and they were gonna go mess them up, and I'm sure that probably would have led to another like story thing, but that's where I stopped. Yeah, there's there's a little bit more story involving the the weird gummy bear tribe. I uh, you know so so there's definitely more to it. It doesn't you know just drop off after that, of course. Yeah, but uh yeah, it's it's all about that isometric angle. You know they they hide different things depending on the view they definitely knew what they were doing when it came to the puzzles in this kind of a game i think mm-hmm. you know they they definitely did a good job with that uh so you know i i think for our uh listeners out there who have a sega genesis and are a fan of those action adventure kind of games land stalker is definitely worth looking into it'll sure. make you pull your hair out when you're having to jump on those stupid little platforms <laughs> that are floating around levels but give it a chance. Give it a chance, especially course, with save states. Available for Sega Genesis and now on the is it was it the Wii U Virtual Console or oh, just no, the Wii? Just virtu- the first Wii, okay. the Wii Virtual Console. Yeah. So if you have a Wii U, you'll have to boot up your Wii and then go. <laughs> you can have you to even still download the games on that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think you can. Maybe. Well, give it a shot, listeners, and uh, you know, uh, let us know what you think. If uh, not, or- there are more different ways to do it. Like I did, I, I had uh, I found an emulator and and just 
rocked it out that way. Hey, if they're not willing to let you buy the game, I mean, you can only do so much, right? Yep. So, uh, anything else to add on Landstalker? Uh, you know, for me, I think a good chunk of the game is nostalgia. Just the fact that I really enjoyed it when I was younger, right? And I rented it a bunch. But I, I do think that it's a pretty solid game. I, I, I definitely recommend it. I, I think that it has a few flaws, but it's definitely worth uh, looking into. Cool. And like I said, for having just played a little bit of it, it's something that, that intrigued me enough. Uh, I may, you know, I have a little bit of free time, go back and, and play a little bit more. But with the uh, entire world of uh, ROMs that I, I found from my old archives, I might be a little bit distracted. So who knows? <laughs> uh, but that we can lead into our uh, retro relapse for this week. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. Super Alfred Chicken is the game. <laughs> Super Alfred Chicken is yep. a weird one. Yeah, so uh, we got to the point where it was time to start pl- looking for the Retro Relapse games. And I was like, what can we do for this? And Craig was like, it has to be something stupid. I was like, oh, okay. Xander <laughs> uh, was more than willing to oblige. And Super Alfred Chicken, uh, for for you faithful listeners, this is not the first time you've heard of this game. I brought it up once before with Jobs, and he's like, that's a game? <laughs> you know, I kind of had a similar reaction to as uh, Chops did. Uh, yeah, so I uh, let me see if I can pull up the information on this. Uh, I know I got it for Christmas the same year as Donkey Kong Country. It, it blows so, my like mind. Nineteen ninety four. It blows my mind that this is a game that that you got it at around, and maybe it didn't come out at around the same time. Uh, February nineteen ninety four. Uh, never mind. Yeah, so this game came out around the same time as Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country's a little better. What? Just a little. Yeah, just a little. Just a little. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, I'm not seeing a, an actual solid release date other than 1994 for Donkey Kong Country. But So both in 90, 1994. Uh, both are platformers. Yep. The Welford Chicken feels a little bit more like a... Almost more like a puzzly kind of platformer, and a the little fa- bit. It, it, it's a little bit like where, where is like Donkey Kong Country is just left to right, you know, get to the end of the level. Alfred Chicken has you kind of going through like more maze type areas. Yeah, um, and I remember as we were playing this game, mm-hmm. uh, the music uh, brought back a lot of of memories for me. It doesn't like stand out. It's not good by any <laughs> it's, means. It's not great, but it's it's, like, it's catchy. catchy. Yeah. Um, we're not going to bother running through the music right now, but um, I remember as we were playing this, I, I I turned to you and said, "This is one of those games that if it came like if it came out now, I'd be like, why why the hell are kids playing this?" <laughs> yeah, and but it got me like the cover, like I don't know what it was. Just I I remember I was looking around at Toys R Us uh, back in the early nineties, like ninety four, and it was like Christmas time, and my mom was just like, "Just show me some games that you might want for Christmas." And I don't know what it was about the cover. Even as I'm looking at it right now, nothing really stands out about it, but Super <laughs> Alfred Chicken just sounded weird. And I was like, okay, let's go for that. That is like the most mundane cover I think I maybe have ever seen in a, uh, a video game. And that's the American cover. The like, I'm assuming this is the <laughs> oh, this is the European cover. That would probably draw me more in. Like, it's just a goofy. It's a really goofy animation. Yeah, they, he's the- a red chicken with yellow uh, with yellow wings and a yellow tail. And a goofy looking head. Uh huh. Like he doesn't actually look like a chicken. 
Not really. And he doesn't. I mean, in game, you you don't have a peck button. You just press down and you back on the ground to like hit buttons and stuff. Or you have like a dive bombing attack. There's no attack that just hits directly in front of you, which I thought was weird. But there's also no jumping on the enemies. You have to like dive bomb them. Yeah. I thought that was really weird. And I, it's not like a strong like dive bomb attack like you would find in Shovel Knight or uh, DuckTales. It's mm-hmm. like you have to wait till you're descending and then you do it. You can't like jump and time it like to be like a precise kind of action. I felt like it was a little unintuitive. Like I just feel like it, it, it wasn't... I wouldn't say like the controls were bad. They were just maybe not as tight as I wanted them to be. Yeah. I uh I it's weird cuz like for me, I don't have nostalgia for this game. I I vaguely vaguely remember seeing it in like video stores and thinking to myself, Super Alfred Chicken. No. No, thank you. I'll I'll pass. I'm going to I'm going to rent Landstalker again <laughs> with that I was just going to say it's appropriate that Retro Relapse is something I have nostalgia for. <laughs> Yeah, I there's very well no nostalgia for me. I uh, but I, I wouldn't say it's it's a bad game. I just I don't know. It's just you know it's super Alfred Chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really know what the plot is. I'll see if I can. No story popped up when we were playing or anything. It just sort of yeah. You just start and you're a chicken and 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 you you have to go through a level. The player takes the role of a chicken named Alfred who must find his way through bizarre levels full of balloons, telephones, cheese, and other strange elements. While he's on the ground, Alfred could walk, jump, and peck balloons and ground switches. While he's in the air, he can dive bomb enemies or springs. Dive bombing enemies will destroy them. Dive bombing springs will bounce Alfred much higher, uh, so he can get to the platforms above his normal jumping ability. Yeah, uh, riveting story. <laughs> for one power, he must answer the telephone in secret area, areas to make Mister Peckles a giant flower. Give him a pot of jam. What it allows him to shoot a bomb about the size of Alfred himself. What? Yeah. So this is uh this would be what I would like if this had come out on the DS. Uh, this would have been a game. I was like, ah, this is shovelware. This is immediately going in the nine ninety nine or under bin. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was a game that I, I decided I wanted to have, and, and I had the have the tough choice on Christmas of 1994 of, do I play Super Alfred Chicken or Donkey Kong Country? Xander, I have a very important question that I think all of us need to know the answer to. What did you decide to play first? Super Alfred Chicken, I think. Is it because you were saving the best for last? It was probably one of the situations like, dude, I played Donkey Kong Country. I know what I'm getting into. I know this is going to be good. What's Alfred Chicken like? <laughs> what was young Xander's opinion on Super Alfred Chicken? Like, do you remember really loving the game? Or is it just sort of I like... I played it a bunch. Okay. Like, determined to try to beat it. It was one of those games I was like, I'm bored. Super Alfred Chicken, why not? Let's give it a shot. All right. But Donkey Kong Country was the better game. There's well, no... I mean... Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I'm that's... not even going to say, like, in my young, dumb, you know, childhood phase, I was like, Nah, Super Alfred Chicken, man, he's the best. <laughs> I would draw him on my like my homework and stuff because he had like a weird design to his head. Alfred but Chicken for Smash Brothers. He, Alfred Chicken was much easier to draw than Donkey Kong. I'll give you that, right? Oh, no, absolutely. But yeah, if we had Alfred Chicken and Smash Brothers, it'd be the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> You're right, it would. Now, Xander, what what do you what do you give this game on a, on the the eight bit scale? Now, now actually, here I have two questions. Okay, uh, what does young Xander give it, and what does current Xander, who's being as, as objective as possible, give it? Um, so which one do you want to hear first? You want to hear them in that order? Yeah, yeah. Young Xander probably gives it a six. A six? Yeah, that's fun. It's good times. Uh-huh. Uh 
Uh, I mean, it's not as good as Donkey Kong Country. Sure, but it's close, right? It's, I mean, it's a, it's a platformer game, and yeah, it's good. It's got a chicken. It's fun to play. There's bombs everywhere. Yeah. Uh, when you when you get a game over, it's Alfred Chicken laying on a bomb, and then it blows up, and then it's like you're a cook's chicken. Yep. I thought that was kind of funny. The, in our in my just like not f- fully aware of what I was saying phases we were playing as like uh, what did I say like. Your goose is cooked, but in this case, it's a duck. <laughs> and you're like, you mean a chicken? I was like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Your goose is cooked, uh, but you know you're a duck. I was just like, what? But this is Alfred Chicken. Is this game more confusing than I thought it was? Chicken, whatever. But if it's any consolation for our listeners, uh, I I jumped on a platform and I looked beside me. And I was like. Is that thing a bomb? And then it blew up right in front of my timer. like, three, two, one, boom. <laughs> yeah, that was depressing. Uh, but it was fun watching you play it just to be like, what am I doing? <laughs> okay, so what what does current, obje- as objective as possible Xander give this game? Uh, old jaded Xander cuts it right in half and says it's a three. I could see a three, three out of eight. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say it's middle of the road. It's definitely, it feels like a game by a company that's like, let's just put a game out, guys. I got an idea. Super Nintendo's popular. Yep. I mean, it, it, it got ported to the, to the NES uh, and Game Boy, and they eventually made it for the PlayStation. That Well, PlayStation had a lot of shovelware. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, I don't know how much I'm uh, relying on that. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's a game. I think if you'd let me, if you had told me that that came out like right at the start of the Super Nintendo, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. But for 1994, when we were also getting Donkey Kong Country, yeah. it's so hard to compare the two. Because Donkey Kong Country is great. It is an awesome platformer. It mm-hmm. holds up today. Mm-hmm. It absolutely does. Super Alfred Chicken doesn't quite hold up as much. Yeah. Uh, so how about you? What You're just in a, throwing in a three? I think a three, three out of eight. It's, it's like you said, it's not even really middle of the road it's a little bit below that but it's not so far below it that you know i I would say it's not worth at least giving it a look yeah it's not on virtual console it's probably a little harder to find i can't imagine it's very expensive game no i don't think so i I can't imagine it's very pricey let's just let's just see what old ebay has to say about this give ebay a look while we while we berate this game a little (laughs) bit longer (laughs) I, i i think it's it's worth looking into if for no other reason than it's ten bucks, wow, that's not bad. A lot of old games are are around that price if they're you know, there's a lot fifty five in box because uh, it came with a poster too. Oh, now that's something for the wall. Super Alfred Chicken. I'll say. I think I did put it up on my wall. <laughs> that's great. I think it's so close to that middle border for our for our rating that for our listeners who are intrigued, I mean, give it a shot. You know, maybe, maybe you'll like it a little more. You know, but for me and Xander, it gets a three out of eight. Nothing, nothing yeah. revolutionary. I can only imagine I sold this to GameStop for thirty three cents. Odds are, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you sold it and it was the GameStop, I definitely don't still have land. it. Was it Funko Land back then? Most likely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Funko Land probably wouldn't have given you very much. Yeah. Uh, so that'll uh, wrap up Retro Relapse, so we can jump into our RPG protagonist battle for this week. Yeah. Who do we have this week, Xander? Uh, it's another Chops on Chops crime. <laughs> of course. Uh, this week, we have Cloud Strife. Oh? Versus Lucia from Lunar 2. 
I don't know how well Lucia's going to do. I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I wish her the best. I really like Lucia. I think Lu- I if I had to predict what's going to happen, I would imagine that Lucia will win. Really? Yeah. Do you I think there will be enough people who will be like, Cloud, come on. Lunar is amazing. Lunar is a great game. I mean, Lunar 2 Eternal Blue is great. It's awesome. The characters are solid. I mean, let's let's face it. I, I, I Not to say that if you like Cloud, you're wrong. Right. But you're wrong. Hear me hear me out as to why. <laughs> Cloud is kind of a jerk. Yeah. We've we've discussed this like yeah. two or three times now. He's I mean, he's not a bad character. He's just a jerk. Lucia's not a jerk. So I you know. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, uh Cloud um just is very plain. Yeah, he's and I think at the time he wasn't. I think at the time everyone was like, Oh wow, this guy's he's really hardcore. Oh, he's really BA. But you know when you when you sort of peel back that layer of like oh I'm too cool for school yeah just the not as much there like the guy who's just like yeah I'm gonna do this because I have to do it and I can't do it like that's but just, it's not because I want to do it yeah it's just boring yeah yeah I I think the love story between like I tried, uh, I'm sorry go ahead oh I was gonna say I think the love story between Lucia and Hero uh, is a lot more interesting you know. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say mm-hmm. like I try to think of like even Advent Children the movie where it's just like. I'm Cloud. I've got the same look on my face the whole time. I'm going to go fight this dude because I got to. Look at my bike. It's got a whole bunch of swords in it. And my sword has a whole bunch of swords in it. Are you Sephiroth? Cool, let's fight. I think that <laughs> I, I think that if you take a, a, a piece of you know plywood and you draw a funny face on it, it might have a lot of spiky hair good. and an oversized sword. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much Cloud Strife. Yeah, well, it, it, you, I guess you gotta, you know, paint a scowl on yeah. his face, not a not a not a smiley face. Yeah. You paint a scowl on a piece of hardwood, give it a big sword and spiky hair, and you pretty much have Cloud. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're really beating up poor Cloud. <laughs> you know what? It's gonna be even better when Cloud wins everything, yep, and we have to talk about him for an entire episode. <laughs> and it's just me <laughs> complaining about him for forty-five minutes. No, I, I I think that there are a lot of positives to to Cloud, but like but like you've said, Chops chose a lot of main characters, and so it kind of. I mean, I I I feel bad when like Cloud's going up against a big, you know, I uh, I. Uh, character that's you know big to do and really important and the main character or i'm sorry when cloud's going up against side characters that aren't as big and not as important yeah you know all right well that's gonna wrap up that so we'll uh you can jump on the facebook group and uh vote on who you think is the better protagonist and yeah. then like we said before um the winner will get their enti- an entire episode devoted just to them oh yeah and we'll chat about them and the things we like the things we hate and how plain they are <laughs> <laughs> Not to give any spoilers for that Cloud episode. Right. Uh, so again, Cloud versus Lucia. It'll be up on the Facebook group when this episode uh, gets posted. Yep. Um, other than that, that will wrap up this episode of The Legend of Retro. It sure will. It sure will. Uh, and we will catch you next time when The Legend continues. <laughs>